welcome back guys to the full cripple sports show hopefully you guys are doing well uh, we got a great episode for you guys today so let's so wait not waste any more time and uh, let's get right into it so the first thing we have to talk about is dan quinn is has agreed now on a deal to become the cowboys defensive head uh cowboys defensive coordinator this was published yesterday, Monday, January 11th. So this is coming after he was fired from the Atlanta Falcons head coaching job. After having an 0-5 start, he was let go in the remainder of the season that had an interim head coach. We'll replace Mike Nolan, who was recently let go from the Cowboys as their defensive coordinator. He's replacing him. This was reported by Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero. It's a three-year deal for Dan Quinn. Again, fired in the 2020 season as the Falcons head coaching job and will replace Mike Nolan. Earlier on Monday, Rappaport reported that Dan Quinn was on a flight to Dallas to meet with the Cowboys, and the meeting went well, and obviously he's the new defensive coordinator. It was a several-hour meeting with Dan Quinn on Zoom from the Atlanta Falcons. Posted a forty. Dan Quinn posted a forty-three and forty-two record as defensive as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons in that span, including in uh, the season started zero and five this year, and this is coming after a Super Bowl trip in twenty sixteen, but no win. Because as we all know, what happened after that. So Dan Quinn actually having some recent, or actually having some past uh, defensive coaching experience as a defensive coordinator. He was actually the, uh, he actually succeeded as Gus Bradley's defensive coordinator back in Seattle. Taking over the Legion of Boom when it was in its prime. In two years as a defensive coordinator for the Seahawks, Dan Quinn's defense ranked number one in yards and points allowed both seasons. So it clearly it clearly shows statistical wise that Dan Quinn's better statistically as a defensive coordinator than he was at head coach, posting a forty three and forty two record, and then as defensive coordinator had a number one defense in yards and points allowed both seasons that he was there. So. A little bit, you know, a little bit better, uh, you know, some better results over there being a coordinator, but we'll see because this is also a different, a different defense he's controlling. So it's not exactly the same, you know, it's not exactly Seattle's offense anymore and obviously different now. But yeah, so there's that just, you know, very interesting stuff. Don't think there's anything else. No. Okay. So that'll be it. Uh, moving on now. Next thing we have to talk about is, and I'm sure most of you guys already know about this, but the Eagles have fired head coach Doug Peterson. This is coming from yesterday. This is coming after five seasons with the Eagles, including a lone Super Bowl trip and a win. But um, yeah, so this is coming after the 2017 Super Bowl win, as you guys know, Nick Foles led them to the Super Bowl, 13-3 season finish, 
and they haven't seemed to have had, then they haven't seemed to have found success since then. Jeffrey Lurie made or had a statement come out about everything going on by saying, "quote Sometimes you just have to look forwards, look towards the future, try to evaluate things in a in as unemotional a path as possible and a process as possible, and arrive at a decision that might make you very uncomfortable." My first allegiance is to what will be the best for the Philadelphia Eagles and our fans for the next three, four, five years. It's not based on does someone deserve to hold their job or does or deserve to get fired. That's a different bar. Very few people probably after success deserve to lose their job. This is much more about the evaluation of whether the Eagles moving forward. Our best option is to have a new coach. That's really, really what it's about. It's not about did Doug Pearson deserve to be let go. No, he did not deserve to be let go. That's not where I'm coming from, and that's not the bar in the evaluation process, end quote. So what I'm taking away from this whole statement from Jeffrey Lurie is that he's saying, look, he's trying to clear his name. He's saying, look, I understand that Doug Peterson, the guy that I just let go, won us our lone and our one and only championship in 2017. I'm trying to clear my name of, and he's saying, look, I'm trying to clear my name that I understand that he won us the Super Bowl, but it's not that he deserved to be let go either. It's just the direction of the team is moving towards a new head coach. That's essentially what he's trying to say. He's trying to clear his name so that way people understand. And so, and the one thing I don't really understand is I know it could be, it's split down the middle. It could be, it could be both. It could be one or the other. Who really knows? I mean, it is a team effort, so it would be everyone. It would be, it wouldn't just be the head coach. It would fall on the GM. It would fall on the coach. It would fall on maybe the owner, probably the players. And so what I'm taking away from this, though, is I don't think it's not always the head coach because look. This was their one championship. No other coach did it. Doug Peterson did. So that clearly shows that Doug Peterson's good enough for the job. And this is why I say it's a team effort. Because it could also be a problem landing on Jeffrey Lurie's shoulders, which I've, you know, I've heard mixed feelings about. You know, I've heard, hey, he's not, he's not a great GM. He doesn't know. He clearly doesn't know the output. He clearly doesn't know, you know, the way this Eagles team, you know, he, he built one great team. He doesn't really know how to do it. He just built one great team. It was a hoax. Some people might say, hey, this landed on Jeffrey Lewis' shoulders. Hey, this landed on Doug Peterson's shoulders. It's a team effort. It's going to land on both. I'm sure both of them messed up. I'm sure both of them have made mistakes. They're clearly showing that it's, they're trying to show it's more of Doug Peterson than the than the GM. I say it could also land on I say it could land on Doug Peterson, Jeffrey Lurie, and the players. You know, and the reason why I say it could land on the GM is because hey, Jeffrey Lurie may not have made a good team. He may have put together a poor roster that's just not getting the job done, leading to failure. These past couple seasons. Jeffrey Lurie makes makes up one good team in 2017. Was that a hoax? I don't know. 
But I think it, I don't, I, I will say though, I don't think it's Doug Peterson. He obviously won them their lone championship. This could clearly split down the middle towards GM as well, because I feel like it could also be GM. You know, this also could be part Jeffrey Leary's fault too. I don't know, but all I do know, guys, is I'm going to link all my social medias down below. Hit me up with your guys' thoughts and thoughts and everything about, you know, this situation. And, um, yeah, about anything else that we basically just talk about, you know, just kind of let me know what you guys is, you know, your guys' thought process on, on this stuff. I would love to, I would honestly really love to know where you guys are thinking with this stuff. So, yeah, there's, there's that as well. So... Yeah, because I mean, you know, it's not, you know, and I think part of the problem here is the whole quarterback situation. Like, do they, you know, are they trying, are they firing Doug Peterson because he wasn't able to figure out the quarterback situation? Like, is it something more, like, is it something more position specific? Are they, are they, you know, are they firing him also because maybe they don't want or because they realized that he couldn't get the quarterback situation figured out, and maybe he's just saying that he doesn't deserve to be let go because obviously you don't want something like that getting out that you that you knew he couldn't get the job done. You obviously don't want that getting out. You're gonna say something that's gonna make you look good. So is it is it more of an inside thing that they're not really letting out? I mean, is it because of the head, the, the the you know? The quarterback situation between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Who really knows? I, I mean, it It sounds possible. It doesn't sound too wacky of an idea. It, it doesn't sound too wacky of a, of a, you know, of a thought. If you really think about it, it doesn't, you know, it sounds like, hey, this realistically is possible. And I would just love to know what your guys' thoughts are uh, on my social media links. But yeah. So next up, we have the Browns are getting an all clear in the latest round of COVID-19 testing. So as you guys know, they lost head coach Kevin Stefanski and most of their and most of their uh, head coaching. They lost again. They lost. Sorry, the uh, audio was playing within the website again. I forget to keep pausing it before. But again, like I was saying, is Kevin they lost Kevin head coach Kevin Stefanski and most of their uh head coaches or most of their coaching staff to COVID nineteen. They're getting they're expected to get most of them back, or pretty much all of them back, and return to the team on Thursday. Obviously obviously enough time before the game. So as you guys know, the Browns recorded their first playoff win in 26 years on Sunday night and received even more good news Monday. Cleveland got an, a, Cleveland gotten quote, all clear, end quote, on their latest run of COVID testing. Ian Rappaport has reported. The Browns have been dealing with COVID-19-related issues within the organization for three weeks, starting with a positive test that became known just hours before the team was set to fly to New Jersey to face the Jets in Week 16. Cleveland lost its entire receiving core for that game and has had to overcome a plethora of losses elsewhere on the roster and coaching staff in the weeks that followed. Sunday night's contest saw the Browns beat the Steelers 48-37 without their head coach, Devin 
Kevin Stefanski, Pro Bowl left guard Joel Batonio, cornerback Dunzo Ward available. Cleveland was also with, without a good portion of its staff due to positive tests or high-risk close contacts, setting up the Browns for what appeared to be an impossible task, obviously coming out on top. Kevin Stefanski had told reporters Monday that he expects to return with the team on Thursday and that he has experienced mild symptoms during his bout with COVID-19. Stefanski did not have any updates on the potential availability for Batonio, Ward, and other players and coaches who missed Sunday's win. Should they all come back, uh, they're going to be 100% going into this divisional round game, which they need. They're going to want, you know, they need everyone as they can get. Already having the head coach back is a positive. That's obviously who you want to have with you. So we'll see what happens, you know. They go to, you know, they go they go into Kansas City and face the Chiefs. So this should be a very fun game. But anyway, yeah, so next up here is we have when Aaron Donald actually got hurt uh, last Sunday or last Saturday, actually. They said that he was had like a, uh, they were talking about his injury and it wasn't really known what it was at the time, but it appears that it ha- that it is a, that he happened to have suffered a torn rib cartilage and it, but is expected to play versus the Packers. So that must really hurt on it though. So they say he might not, might not have broken his ribs. But Aaron Donald is dealing with a painful injury. Ian, Ian Rappaport has reported Monday morning that Donald has torn that has has a torn rib cartilage. It's a painful injury, but one that Donald is expected to play through. Coach Sean McVay said Sunday the rib injury isn't expected to affect his game status. And you're gonna want a guy like Aaron Donald against this powerful Green Bay offense. You know this high-scoring Green Bay offense very fast-paced team. You're going to want everyone that you have on that defense. Aaron Donald is a good place to start. He's going to be, you know, the talk of the week heading into this game. I feel like just because of the injury and see how it affects his play, obviously a very powerful, very powerful, unstoppable force. Just a a one-man wrecking crew, and he's just, you know, he's dangerous. You're going to want him. But, um, so yeah, like I said, his injury wasn't yet known after he exited Saturday's victory over Seattle early in that third quarter after a hit on Russell Wilson. Mike Garofalo reported Sunday that Donald didn't crack his ribs. Now we know it was a cartilage tear. So yeah, we obviously didn't know, you know, for a good couple, we, we didn't know for a good while what it was obviously till now. Uh, this happened Saturday. We didn't know for the whole week until up to this point. And so it obviously took a little while to, uh, you know, get a proper diagnosis, see what, you know, give enough time to see if he could play or not, you know, probably rest it and whatnot. So I'm sure he's going to be, you know, and as Sean McVay said, it's not going to affect his game status. So although it may show limitation in practice, it's probably not going to be, you know, basically saying hey don't worry about he's basically saying don't worry if he you know if he happens to show up limited in practice it's not going to affect his game status 
basically saying stuff like that to not worry fans at all should they see something like that in the uh, injury report. So, yeah. Let me know about this down below, too, if you guys think Aaron Donald will still be a come of force against Green Bay. I think he will. Personally, I, I think that, you know, despite an injury, I think you have to bring everything that you have in a game like this, you know. You don't know the next time the Ram you know, the Rams don't know the next time they're gonna be here. An injury is an injury is temporary. The playoffs you never know when you're gonna get back. You at least you know that the injury is gonna go away. You don't know the next time you're gonna be in the playoffs. So despite the injury, I think he's just gonna have to hold it off. He's I think he's still gonna be as dominant as ever. You know, he's still gonna play his ass off and you know he, he's still going to be a very very dominant force i'm very excited for this game this will be a very great game to watch but uh moving on now we have the nba news i was talking about so it says this is on a celtic subnation page of sb nation as you guys know i use sb nation for the nba nfl.com for the nfl so if you guys may not hear me say like what website it is, it's because I use the same websites. So that way, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about and stuff. So, um, so the Celtics Bulls game for today has been postponed in addition to yesterday's game against, uh, between the Mavericks and the Pelicans matchup was also postponed. So this game is postponed and in addition you know because of the Mavericks Pelicans game yesterday Chicago had been on a road west coast road trip last week with no issues with COVID related health and safety protocols Boston's roster fell below the required eight players to field the team the game between the Celtics and Bulls marks the second game in a row that the Celtics will have to reschedule Two days ago, the Celtics and Heat game was also, or yesterday was also, yesterday, Celtics Heat, hold on, yesterday Celtics Heat was also postponed, oh, it says yesterday too, the Celtics Heat game was also postponed due to an inconclusive testing contract tracing with Miami, Boston was set to field an eight game Eight-man rotation that included Jeff Teague, Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard, Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards, Aaron ne Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice, and Taco Fall. At least one of those players to presumably now unavailable. So on Sunday, it was reported first that Jason Tatum has tested positive for COVID. And then due to contact tracing, Jalen Brown, Javante Green, and Sami Ojale was also put into 20, 10 to 14 quarantine earlier over the weekend. Robert Williams also tested positive for the coronavirus with Grant Williams and Tristan Thompson put in quarantine because the trio were in a car together. Carson Edwards was also present but was excluded because he was wearing a mask. That's at least seven players currently in a protocol with two out due to injury. Kemba Walker is reportedly close to a return, and Romeo Langford is eyeing February as he rehabs from wrist injury. Uh, wrist surgery 
The NBA and the Players Association, Association will be meeting later today to modify the health and safety protocols in a special Board of Governors meeting tomorrow. The league has now delayed four total games in the wake of rising COVID cases around the country. Boston's next game is scheduled for Wednesday against the Magic, the first of a two-game series against Orlando. So it, it, it's safe to say that, you know, Boston is pretty plagued from this virus. They seem to have a, you know, they seem to be having, you know, an organization outbreak, uh, organization outbreak of COVID-19. Hopefully they can get over this and not have to reschedule any more games as it clearly sounds like they've done it enough. Getting Probably getting pretty annoying at this point, I would only imagine. It's probably safe to say. But moving on now, we have, and this, I actually just got done talking about this. Butler and Adebayo are among eight Heat players entering health protocols. Actually, again, just got done talking about this with the Boston Celtics. So eight Miami Heat players, including their two All-Stars from last season, and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they're officially in NBA's health and safety protocols. The Heat will not be ha- will not have eight players available needed for their next game scheduled for a TNT uh, broadcast Tuesday night at the Sixers. So, getting away from Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, the Heat players in the health and safety protocols are including Avery Bradley, Goran Dragic, Mo Harkless, Kendrick Nunn, Udonis Haslam, and KZ Okpala. And the Miami Heat actually tweeted about it, saying Miami versus Philadelphia injury update. Adebayo, Bradley, Butler, Drudgeich, Harkless, Haslam, Nunn, and Okpala have all been ruled out for tomorrow's game due to health and safety protocols. Leonard, shoulder strain is questionable. Vincent, knee, and Olenek, grown contusion, are both probable. So the Heat have listed Myers Leonard as questionable for tomorrow's game with a shoulder sprain. Kelly Olenek is listed as probable with a grown contusion. Gabe Vincent, who is battling right knee soreness, is also probable. The Heat need at least two of those three players to be cleared to play to have the NBA minimum eight players suited up. So they're again also doing with injuries too. Not all COVID, but some of it is. I wouldn't necessarily consider this to be an outbreak. Just injury plagued at the wrong time. So that is also not good. But moving on for the last thing I talk about today is again talking about the Celtics Bulls game being postponed. But the NBA, but the only thing I, I want to talk about here is the NBA is looking to modify COVID protocols, also says on this website. So I also just include it for this reason. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, again, we already talked about it. Actually, the uh, the protocols, the COVID protocols that are being uh, reviewed, will be the governor's board of governors meeting. So that's actually already been talked about. You know what? I actually forgot to include in today's listings of to talk about. I forgot to include the NBA's power rankings. I may just go find it real fast because today is Tuesday. 
I do apologize, guys. I'm sorry about that. I don't know how... I have not found it yet, or I have not done it yet, actually. Today is... But yeah, so again, guys, let me know, actually, I'm going to have all my social media links down below. Hit me up on any of those social media links or any of those, you know, accounts. And, you know, I'd love to interact with you guys about these, you know, episodes and what, you know, what, um, about what your guys' thoughts and processes, you know, the thought process going on in your guys' heads about you know episodes and stuff and you know what we talk about and i'd love to interact with you guys about previous things that we you know that we talk about to hear my you know and if you guys want you know so you guys can hear my thought process on a certain topic and so i can hear your guys thought process because i'd love to you know i'd love to interact with you guys that way i think that'd be really really fun so like today if you guys wanted to hit me up on the social media links about you know, uh, let's say the Browns game. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts, and I'd love to give you guys mine. So just let me know. You know, hit me guys. You know, hit me up, guys. I'd love to interact with you guys again. So just kind of, just kind of get that out there for you guys. But anyway, here is the, and this is actually on ESPN. Here's the power rankings though for today, um, for the NBA. I may just let's see here. You know what, let's actually take a break, and then when we come back, we'll finish this out. Alright guys, welcome back from the break. So, before the break, we were going to start the NBA Power Rankings for this week of what comes up must come down. And here is, you know, here is the Power Rankings now. So, at number one is the LA Lakers. Previous rank was number one. Number two at the number two spot is as the Los Angeles Clippers. They are the pre, you know last week's ranking. They were number two. At the number three spots, the Milwaukee Bucks. They were previous ranking was number five. At the number four spot is the Philadelphia 76ers. Their previous ranking was three. And at the number five spots, the Phoenix Suns. Their previous ranking was seven, so they go up two. So they actually go down two, actually. At the number six spots, the Boston Celtics. At the previous ranking, they were 10. At the seventh spot is the Indianapolis, Indiana Pacers. They were in the last week, they were, oh, last ranking, they were nine. At the number eight spots, the Miami Heat. Previous ranking was six. At the number nine spots, Utah Jazz. Last previous ranking, they were eight. At the number 10 spots, the Dallas Mavericks, previous ranking 14. At the number 11 spots, the Brooklyn Nets, previous rankings number 4. They're 5 and 6. Excuse me, I forgot to, start the, I forgot to say the records. I'm going to say it from now on, though. At the number 12 spots, the Portland Trailblazers, previous ranking was 12. They're 5 and 4. At the 13 spots, the Denver Nuggets, there are 5 and 5, and their previous ranking was 15. Number 14 spots the Golden State Warriors. They're 6 and 4. The previous ranking was 22. At 
The number 15 spots San Antonio Spurs. They're also 5-5. Five and five, Previous ranking 20. At the 16 spots, the Orlando Magic. They're 6-4. and four. Previous ranking was also 16. They stayed even. At the 17 spot is the Houston Rockets. They're three and five. They were the rank 17. So they also stayed even. And at the number 18 spots, the New Orleans Pelicans. They're four and five. The previous ranking, they're 13. At uh, the number 19 spot is the Atlanta Hawks. They're four and five. Previous ranking, 11. At the 20 spots, the Toronto Raptors. They're two and seven. Previous ranking was 18. At the 21 spot is the Charlotte Hornets. They're 5-5. Five five. Previous ranking was 27. At the uh, 22, 22nd spot is the New York Knicks. They're 5-5. Five five. Previous ranking was 26. At the 23 spot is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they were 5-5. They were five five. Previous ranking was 19. At the 24 spot is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're 5-4. Previous ranking was 28. At the 25 spots, the Sacramento Kings, they're 4 and 6. Previous ranking was 21. At the 26 spot is the Chicago Bulls, they're 4 and 7. Previous ranking was 29. At the 27 spots, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're 3 and 6. Previous ranking was 23. At the 28 spots, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're 3 and 7. Previous ranking was 24. At the 29 spots, the Washington Wizards, they're 2 and 8. Previous ranking was 25. And finally, at the 30 spot is the Detroit Pistons. They're 2 and 8. Previous ranking was also 30. But anyway, guys, that is actually going to do it for today's episode of the Full Cripplet Sports Show and another edition, another episode and edition of the What Comes Up Must Come Down series. But anyway, guys, I hope you guys had, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I will see you guys in a couple days, a couple days again. But yeah, I'll talk to you guys later.